It's February 22nd, 2023. Welcome to a new edition of Bite Mart Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lam. And of course, this week we'll get into our conversation. We've got Melly James, president of Hawaii Venture Capital Association. And of course, she's here to talk about the upcoming HVCA Entrepreneur Awards. And along with Melly, she's brought a couple of guests with her. And I'd like to welcome Joan Salwin, and she's the CEO of Blue Ocean Barns. And we've got Jaylene Kanani, and she's the president and creative director of NoHo Home. I want to welcome you all to Bite Marks Cafe. Thanks, Bert, for having us. Well, you know, it's always fun to have uh, the companies that you bring to Bite Marks Cafe, Millie. And and, uh, we'll get get into a little bit of uh, what they both do. Uh, but, you know, I wanted to kind of start with you. And, you know, this is, uh, uh, I think, what, I don't know how many years the HVCA Entrepreneur Awards have been going on. But uh, this is pretty, this is a pretty big deal because uh, it's it's coming out of the pandemic and we're all going to be together in one, you know, festive uh, event, I guess, coming up, uh, what is on the 23rd, this coming Thursday. Yes, yes, yes. It's our first big event from the pandemic we had our last one in february 2020 um but you know during the pandemic for two years in a row we actually held the awards uh, uh, virtually and via hawaii news now mm-hmm. and it was really powerful um being able to spread awareness about what's happening in startup paradise with our entrepreneurs and small businesses and founders and their stories which is you know one of the big important reasons we have this it's about celebrating success looking at the momentum but also storytelling and sharing with our community positive um, momentum of what's happening here and the building of our economy and businesses here. And all that's just um, very exciting. And I think it's important for students, young people, and our community to, to start to know what's really happening here. Um, this is our 23rd annual. So we've been hosting this award since 2000. Wow. Um, and actually, HVCA is celebrating our 35th anniversary. So uh, we've we've been through a lot, although I haven't been president the entire time. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you must have been, you know, like, what, five years old when you started uh, at HVCA? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, you've done a great job, and, and you've already answered the question that I wanted to ask you, which is, you know, why are we celebrating uh, these entrepreneurs? Well, so much happens every year, and it's amazing we have these different categories, tech entrepreneur, social impact, consumer packaged goods. All these are so important, um, and all of them are having success each year. So it's neat to see new entrepreneurs, ones that are coming back, you know, really looking at our Entrepreneur of the Year category, Eldon Ito with, um, mm-hmm. you know, with, with their Revacom, company coming yep. back. Yes. What was the name? Revacom. Revacom, thank you. I was thinking of the new acronym they were using. Well, they um, still, they still, you know, it's a, it's a letters, right? R V C M, but it's still, you R- know, if you look at it, it pronounces Rev- Revacom. Okay, Revacom. But really, looking at that company, almost, you know, having a lot of struggle for many years, and now coming back even stronger, mm-hmm. employing 150 people. Just these are just all different types of stories of success, of a comeback, pivoting, um, new business, um, new types of businesses. Um, all these different things, especially I'm excited to be hearing from Jaylene and from Joan. But, you know, Jaylene, I got to go visit her micro factory and just a lot more happening with infrastructure here in the islands to support more business growth. So, you know, there's always this criticism of, uh, you know, the, the tech sector or even the startup sector uh, really establishing itself. 
And over the course of, I think, you know, the years that you've been involved, I mean, and, and it's been at least, I mean, I've been doing this show for like 14 years and you've been, <laughs> you've been around that long. I mean, what is your assessment of, of the, you know, the vibrance and the traction and the, just the sheer quantity of, you know, new companies starting up? I mean, I think it's been a positive uh, upward trend. Yeah, you're right. So, I mean, I, I moved back home in 2012, and I always say, you know, when I first moved back home, there was maybe one event happening once every couple of weeks. And I think, Bert, you were involved. <laughs> yeah, in it was that. probably one of my events. <laughs> no. Yeah, it was one of your events. What was it called? Well, uh, you know, we did the unconference a long time ago, and, you know, we did a bunch yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so it was one event a month, basically, and we always knew what was happening, and it was, you know, kind of kind of sad. But since the past 10 <laughs> yeah. years, there's just so much happening. Like, I love the fact that I have no idea what's happening because there's so much, right? There's just, it's, it's really incredible, the momentum, the accelerators and the different types of programs and resources. And even just the sheer number of startups and companies, you know, even from Mana Up, we always get over 130 applicants every time we do a call for applications. And a lot of them are even companies that have been stood up in the last 18 months. So to me, I think... There's momentum with new companies, but also just incredible resources, mentorship, access to capital that's really spurring the growth of these more mature companies. And really, that's what we're looking for here as well is economic development, jobs. Well, so, Millie, no, let me ask you something. How, why, why is it that uh, every year we keep talking about, you know, diversification of the economy, but, the, you know, the companies that we will we'll be talking to, like Joan and Jaylene, I mean, they're helping to diversify the economy. Is it, is it because that... We just don't have the the scale, the size, you know, the the the, the revenues. I mean, what what is it that's going to get them to to well, them being you know, whether it's legislators or or leadership, recognize that you know there is diversification happening. Well, I would say there is diversification, but we need more. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you know, we're not we're not moving the needle as much as we'd like to. Granted, we're moving in the right direction, and as we have more companies like Jaylene and jo- and Jones that are getting bigger and bigger, right, getting more revenue, more employees, that impact gets a lot stronger, right? We start talking about the number of employees made from small small or just locally owned entities here, right? Mm-hmm, so we, mm-hmm. those things continue to be important. And the main thing is a lot of times we keep talking about startups, and startup formation is really important, but we can't forget, and the most important piece are these companies that are farther along. And how do we continue to support them so they can get to those levels where true impact is happening from director-level positions, management-level positions, revenue size. Those are, those are the really important pieces, which I don't think our community has had enough resources with, and I'd like to see us develop more of those. Well, and, you know, the startup, even farther. The startup uh, cycle is, is a long one. I mean, if you look at companies like, let's say, Oceanet, for example, right? I mean, they've been around for more than 35, 40 years I mean, it takes a long time to develop a, a vibrant business, you know, especially if it's anchored here in Hawaii. So I think, you know, there's a people need to have to have a, I guess, appreciation of the, you know, the journey <laughs> that all of these entrepreneurs are on and and, uh, you know, give them a little break because uh, it's not going to turn into a billion dollar company overnight. Yeah, it won't. But, you know, a lot of these entrepreneurs, it might not be their first company. Maybe it's their second we're getting more seasoned executives, seasoned entrepreneurs, and that's all part of the recipe for success. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, we are moving in the right direction. It, it is very exciting. So, Amelia, you know, you, you and I have been chatting, and, of course, uh, 
you know, Jaylene and, and uh, Joan have been just like waiting for me to say, hey, when are you going to let us talk? So, <clears throat> you know, I, I, what I want to do is uh, have you, Mele, kind of introduce them and, and kind of tell me a little bit about why you chose them to be on the show today. But we'll hold that thought. We'll be right back up this short conver- short break to continue our conversation with Melly James from HVCA. We got Joan Salwin from Blue Ocean Barns and Jaylene Kanani from Noho Home. And of course, we're talking about the upcoming HVCA Entrepreneur Awards. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Melly James from HVCA. That's the Hawaii Venture Capital Association. And, of course, she's also one of the partner, founding partners of uh, Mana Up. And along with her, she has brought Joan Sawin, and she is the CEO of Blue Ocean Barns, and Jaylene Kanani, President and Creative Director of Noho Home. And of course, right before the break, uh, you know, Mele was doing all the talking, so you know, I got to kind of like uh, pivot a little bit from Mele. And Mele, why don't you help introduce some of the companies that you brought on, and, and why did they pop into your mind, and what you know what are they are they are they winning? Are they going to be a awardees uh, at the Entrepreneur Award coming up on uh, Thursday? Yes. Yeah, so um, I'm very excited to have Joan Salwin and Jaylene Kanani. Um, Joan is the founder of Blue Ocean Barns. Um, very exciting. She's winning um, the Deal of the Year, which is the first award we ever started with back in 2000. It, this, it, this whole event was actually called Deal of the Year. And so that being us being the Hawaii Venture Capital Association, this is the largest venture capital deal transaction um, for a Hawaii company uh, from last year. And so uh, very excited when Elemental Accelerator nominated one of their cohort eight um, uh, companies, and um, they had raised, I believe, a $20 million raise last year. So we always love to highlight um, great venture capital momentum, and um, Jones Company, Blue Ocean Barnes, with it. it's a it's kind of a quantitative award, but it's also very exciting as we continue to see those numbers coming in and venture coming in to, to local companies. So I'll start with Joan, and then she can share, and then we'll introduce Jaylene. Does that make sense? Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. So okay. that is a great little introduction, and of course, I love the name Blue Ocean Barnes. I mean, what kind of barn would be in the blue ocean so uh you know joan why don't you kind of explain what does blue ocean barns do sure thanks bert i'll tell you uh you might imagine uh that we are at the intersection of the ocean and livestock production Mm -hmm. and so what might be in that blue ocean barn would be a protein rich red seaweed that is grown right here on the big island uh, that we that we grow as a crop, we dry it, and it becomes a natural digestive aid for cows and also for goats uh, and other ruminants. But uh, when it's added to a very small amount of their diet, it wipes out more than 60% of their methane burp emissions. And methane that is burped by ruminants is a pretty substantial contributor to, to global warming and one that, through our innovation, can really very simply and affordably be implemented on farms. And so it's in the world in which we're trying really hard to find ways to stem the, the, the pace of climate change 
this is kind of for, for farmers an easy button because they just mix a tiny amount of our ingredient in with their natural feed and without any effort and on the very first day of feeding uh, cows and, and uh, sheep and goats stop burping methane gas. And and is there, um, <clears throat> I know this is really it's, uh, something that is uh, happening out at Nelha, you know, there's another company called Symbrosia that does something similar. I mean, there's a whole bunch of, you know, interesting, exciting things happening uh, in Kona. Now, what is it that's unique about your production uh, over at Nelha, and, and what is it that that particular area offers you to maybe, you know, test out your, your theories about, you know, what would be the best environment to grow this algae? Oh, boy. Nelha, right just, uh, right just south of the airport, is an incredible asset for the state of Hawaii. It's unique. No other state has a park like that mm-hmm. where entrepreneurs and researchers and educators and all that kind of thing can just really turn on a spigot and ocean water will come racing out because the state has in- invested in pumping infrastructure that takes both surface seawater, which is very warm, and, and uh, deep seawater, which is really, really cold, and allows that to just be brought directly into an operation so it allows us to um, simulate ocean conditions on land and be able to do all sorts of, of R&D to help advance the, um, the growing of our seaweed. And as you mentioned, uh, Symbrogia is one of our neighbors. They also had a major Series A close last year. They raised $7 million. So you know, $27 million of money was uh, directed directly to Nelha companies to advance this this innovation, and we're both really excited to be to be doing it. So, Joan, tell me a little bit about what you plan to do with the twenty million. How is how is that going to be best invested in in blue ocean barns? Yeah, well, one of the things that is a truth about our seaweed is it's never been grown before, so it's never been domesticated. Nobody knows how to create seeds, uh, kind of in captivity. Mm-hmm. So, there's a lot of research that has needed to be done and is being done on really perfecting the growing conditions so that in captivity, not in the ocean, this, this seaweed can thrive and, you know, live its normal life cycle and all that. That takes a lot of tanks. That takes, you know, some raceways. That takes, uh, you know, indoor lighting and, you know, kind of nursery infrastructure, a seed bank, um, you know, all sorts of of kind of facilities to support the early growth of this. Sometimes I feel like I'm a kind of a indigenous person living in Mexico uh, 2000 years ago, who's learning for the very first time, like how to grow corn. Mm-hmm, so we're mm-hmm. wondering like, how close should the seeds be planted to each other? How deep in the water, you know, in the soil should they be? What month is good for planting? Like we're figuring all of that stuff out in order to go from you know, a really nice idea for the environment and for food companies to one that actually can scale and be, you know, cost-effective and feasible at uh, at scale. And so that's what we're pouring our money into. Mm-hmm. Um, that also translates to jobs. When we first started working at Nelha in uh, 2020, uh, there was only one employee, and that was Joan Salwin. And I was uh, hiring contractors from our neighbors at Shrimp Improvement Systems. At Nelha, very mm-hmm. very grateful to them for kind of just helping us get started. In 2021, then we had two employees, 
And two years later, we have 20 employees. Wow. Um, and everyone, everyone other than the first two of us, you know, grew up on the island, send their children uh, to schools here. And um, it's wonderful to be part of this community and to be, you know, uh, I don't really think about my role in diversifying the economy. I'm just really excited about the skills and the motivation and energy that the workforce here brings to what we need to build. So, so Joan, tell me, how, how did you get into the algae growing business? I mean, was it from the, the barn side of things, or did, were you in, uh, doing aquaculture, or were you a marine biologist? I mean, what, what was it that connected you to the algae and the ocean, and ultimately to yeah. try to figure out a way to you know, grow this algae to scale and you know, help, uh, help cattlemen and, and uh, you know, goat uh, uh, farms? I came from the barn side. Mm-hmm. My father, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, and many of their fathers um, raised livestock in the Midwest, in, in the United States. And um, my, I knew my grandfather was a tremendous steward of his animals and his land, the, the stream that runs through it, all that kind of thing. He died in the early 1970s before anybody really knew how much impact livestock has on the, on the atmosphere. And I often have thought, what would, what would he want to do? How would he treat his responsibility to, to try to create more sustainable practices for livestock? What would he want to do? And uh, when I retired from Accenture, where I, I had a, a lovely career for several decades, mm-hmm. I really dedicated myself to learning what, what's out there, what's new, what could be tried, what has been tried. And that introduced me to this particular seaweed innovation. And, um, and then I found my way to marine scientists and aquaculture professionals who have become part of our team. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. That's a great story. And I'm, I'm really happy that you got to tell it right here on uh, Bite Marsh Cafe. Now, Mele, uh, I'm going to have you introduce uh, Jaylene, uh, but uh, we got a little break <laughs> that we're going to have to take. So we'll hold that thought. We'll be right back at this short Break to continue our conversation with Melly James from HVCA, and we're talking to Joan Salwin from Blue Ocean Barns and Jaylene Kanani from Noho Home. Stay tuned. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, Bavarian Motor Experts, and Chaminade University. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Mele James, president of Hawaii Venture Capital Association and a partner over at Mana Up. And along with Hirsch, we've got, uh, we've got Joan Salwin from uh, Blue Ocean Barns and Jaylene Kanani, president and creative director of Noho Home. And, you know, right before the break, we got a good sense of uh, what um, uh, Blue Ocean Barns does. And, and you know, even uh, Joan was uh, commenting how Great, the you know the dresses that Noho Home makes, and and they're very different companies. And of course, uh, I think Melly can probably best explain how did uh, Noho Home come to Bite Marsh Cafe in the context of the HVCA Entrepreneur Awards. Thanks, Bert. So um, Noho Home, Jaylene is winning our Island Innovator of the Year, which is a really important award um, that we established about five years ago, uh, really focusing on companies and entrepreneurs who are solving an island challenge with global impact. Um, And Jaylene couldn't be a 
better example of that um, with NoHo Home. Not only you know starting her company really for the for the aunties. Sherry says she started for the aunties, but making just beautiful home um, uh, and different kinds of things that are meant for for home. Um, and she can get more into that. Uh, also, Mana up graduate, but really uh, over the past couple of years and during the pandemic, shifting gears, um, going into making a lot of protective gear for our community, but also launching her micro factory, um, being able to support many other entrepreneurs and including, of course, herself in production, uh, which we desperately um, need infrastructure here to be able to um, produce. Um, and so I was so excited to be celebrating her and her accomplishments and having our community learn more about what she's up to. Um, now, of course, getting into more than just her very successful business, which, of course, beautifies so many of our hotels and our homes. Um, but, of course, now being able to have that great infrastructure for our community. So I'll pause there and um, yeah, well, Jaylene. That's a great, that's a great intro. And, and Jaylene, you know, um, wow. <laughs> we, we had you on four years ago, and I think uh, things have probably changed quite a bit. And Melly just mentioned, you know, this uh, micro factories. But kind of tell us what, what, what has happened with NoHo Home over the course of the pandemic. And, you know, uh, how, how have you evolved, uh, I guess, maybe, maybe pivoting a little bit or surviving through, you know, some of these challenging times? Absolutely. I'd, I'd love to. Um, thank you, Melly, for that uh, introduction. And, and Aloha Bert and, uh, of course, Joan, congratulations. Um, so, I mean, a bit of a background. So at Noho, Noho Home uh, by Jaylene Kanani, the brand uh, is a luxury home decor um, brand. And we uh, strive to tell uh, authentic stories uh, and share aloha through our medium of home decor. Now, in an effort to do that, uh, we really wanted to do it in the most innovative way possible uh, and bring manufacturing as we could and where it made sense um, home here mm-hmm, to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So that that led to the um, so that led to me uh, kind of I mean really cottage industry we started in my garage uh, in one, and also another bedroom and then later in the garage next door um, producing some of our products some of our home decor and we did it in the spirit of um, what we call uh, mass customization and and utilizing uh, the approach of a microfactory. So if you Google microfactory and mass customization, what you will find is that it is the uh, it is the industry future of fashion, the fashion industry's uh, way forward, mm-hmm. um, both from a sustainability standpoint as well as economic development as well as reshoring. Um, and so basically what we did is we recreated that but for home decor and we um i think you know we really were the first in the nation to to do that and have it focused on home decor uh we really uh in the course of that and and the pandemic um we learned a lot uh about how we needed to solve some issues that were really specific to our island home um, in terms of the ecosystem around manufacturing, the um, workforce development 
and you know how do we contribute to, to that uh, pathways for students to even be in more of uh, the arts, but also in a very functional way with well-paying jobs and interesting work. Mm-hmm. I always love actually when Melly says that. <laughs> she, she always talks about interesting work. And uh, with, the, with the microfactory, we're able to go from ideation uh, to product uh, out the door in 45 minutes. Oh, wow. So, yeah, and we actually, um, we've, we've, we're now in the spirit of regenerative tourism, mm-hmm. <laughs> bringing people into the microfactory to let them see and experience this process. So everything from, um, you know, the ideation and the story behind it to actually executing it into physical products and also talking about the economics behind that. So, so where have you uh, have you grown out of? Obviously, you've grown out of the garage, and and where have you started the sort of the micro factory? And and tell us a little bit about what what does that forty five minutes entail? I mean, does it you have an idea, and what is it that it needs to be processed through to come up with a product? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yes, we well we expanded from the garage, so we we still have some operations. In the garage, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and our micro factory is in Waipio. Okay, uh, and we um, basically uh, an, an example would be we brought the um, Association of, of Interior Designers uh, in, and we we had everyone kind of sketch a motif, just a very small motif. So, so some it was just a leaf, for others it was a little bit more involved. Um, some it was, you know, uh, ohekapala. So they're just motifs. And then mm-hmm. we took we took them into our uh, offices where we have uh, software, and we'll bring the we'll bring it into state of the art software where we can create repeated patterns, uh, then ideate as actual finished products. They move into our um, our machinery mm-hmm. that either uh, we have a couple of different machines that produce in different fashions. One is dye sublimation. Uh, so with dye sublimation, we use no water mm-hmm. um, in the dyeing of fabrics. And um, the act of dyeing fabric uh, actually with water um, is 20% of the uh, world's water pollution. Um, so we really feel like this is uh, contributing uh, in the same way that it was meant to for fashion um, to our, you know, global sustainability efforts. Well, Jaylene, I, I think I, I'd like to maybe come, come visit your uh, YPO factory. Sounds very interesting and fascinating. Now, Mele, you know, we've got only about a minute, even less than a minute now, but what other kind of like uh, big categories are you going to feature uh, on, on Thursday? And, and uh, uh, tell us uh, where can we find out more about uh, the companies? So you can find out more at hbca.org. Um, we'll be celebrating on Thursday, February 23rd at Wildlife Country Club. The event is sold out, um, but we are excited to be featuring many of these entrepreneurs. We have Tech Entrepreneur of the Year, uh, Investor of the Year, Entrepreneur of the Year, Social Impact, Consumer Packages, as well as People's Choice, uh, which is basically people voting for their favorite. Um, so that, those, that closed on the 17th. 
Um, and then we also have Student Entrepreneur of the Year in many other categories, Corporate Entrepreneur, Startup Paradise Champion, organizations that are really supporting Startup Paradise. Bert, well, I believe you won that award well, a couple years ago. <laughs> well, Melly, I am excited about uh, heading out there on Thursday and checking it out. It's going to be a fun event, and I'm excited that it's back live in person. Melly James is the president of HVCA and a partner over at Mana Up. And we got Joan Sawin, CEO of Blue Ocean Barnes, and Jaylene Kanani, uh, President and Creative Director of NoHo Home. I want to thank them all for joining us today. And of course, thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we'll talk about a couple of cool uh, meetups, one called Startup Oahu and Thrive High. If you missed any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. Our engineers, David Chong, you can catch us, catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app or your favorite podcast application. You stay safe. You stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marsh Cafe. Stay tuned. Reveal is next.